Um, alright guys, um, just a little disclaimer before the start of this episode. I recorded this like 10 times, no kidding, but Audacity has the Audacity, ha, see what I did there, to be given a shit ton of trouble today, but I had to get this episode out because it is on Emancipation Day in the British Empire, which is tomorrow here in the Caribbean well, in the British Caribbean, at least, and I was like, screw you, audacity, you know, I'm putting my episode out there, regardless of your inability to work properly. So, um, if anyone has, like, um, any suggestions for another software I can use, I would be grateful, because, like, I have no idea what's going on, I've been trying to fix it, basically, what is happening is that it is not recording me anymore. Like, at least it was coming down to the end, so I was finished with everything. Thank the good lord. The only thing is the creative part of the episode got cut short. But you can go on Google because I didn't come up with this one. I did, well... Is explained in the episode. Don't want to spoil it. No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Or if anyone can, like, help me out, I will be grateful. You know, <laughs> the, the perks of being an amateur podcaster in 2020, as well as someone who is not familiar with technology. But we're getting there. We're getting the hang of it. We are getting the hang of it. Yeah, to record this right now, I'm actually using the app that I use to distribute my podcast. So, I don't know, maybe I should try recording a podcaster. Okay, next episode, I'm going to use you, Anchor. I'm going to use you. Instead of recording it on my laptop and then emailing it to myself and then like saving it all to my Google Drive. Hey, I should just save it on my drive from my laptop itself. That makes more sense, you see? I'm learning and I'm getting smarter each and every day. Yay! But I'm okay. I'm gonna stop talking now. I'll leave you guys to listen to this week's episode of Din 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 Color Your Life. Okay, well. This is my podcast. I guess I should start with saying my name and then the name of the podcast. So, <laughs> as tacky as this sounds, my name is Adala Leah Viola Scotland. I am 17 years old. I live in Trinidad and Tobago. And I decided to start a podcast called Color Your Life. And basically, I am going to be talking about great people. Great people who graced this earth before you and me and really left a dynamic impact on it. But because of, you know, the color of their skin or their gender, we don't take time to really appreciate the magnitude of the sacrifices that they made and I would like to do that. So I did two things. One, I wrote a book called The Evolutionary Art of Life 
I'm still working out publication details and stuff like that and well <laughs> finishing my final edits but that's the thing that is going to be happening definitely within the foreseeable future and one of the things I discussed in the book was like I said great people that came before us and really changed the world and these people were you know African they were Indian they were Asian they were Pacific Islanders you know just people who did great things but because of the agenda of you know white supremacy and um you know, the whitewashing of the Caribbean education system, which is a topic that I am always very vocal about. You know, our youth doesn't get exposed to these people. And that's something that I wanted to do. Now, bear with me. This is my first podcast. The only part of it that is scripted is the spoken word piece that I'm going to give at the end. But everything else is just me talking because I tried a script and that didn't work out too much. So if I make grammatical errors or pause and awkward stuff like that, I'm trying to find my vibe, you know, my rhythm, my soul. But right, back to what I was saying. And in the book, the main character, Violet Blue, she speaks about these people in a blog she has called color your life. Initially, I was going to write the blog myself, but I actually tried writing a blog in around 2018, I think. <laughs> Epic failure. I think it's still out there. You can check it out at D's, that is D-E-S-E, Scotland Nuts. Yes, I wrote a blog called D's Scotland Nuts, and it's basically just about, you know, journey through life and finding your heart and your soul <laughs> yeah as you get to know me you'd realize that I'm actually really I'm, I'm quirky yeah I think we could use quirky to describe me you know my friends are always like bewildered by the fact that I could turn anything into a song effortlessly really really quickly and I go on and on and on and on and on about it and I come up with these ideas or these characters and stereotypes and all sorts of weird things and they just elaborate on it and I make people laugh and I make people happy and that's one of my missions in life I want to make people happy and while coming to the end I would tell you about my um my writing pages because like I said I do have a spoken word piece that I prepared and will be hopefully said really good and really cool at the end of the episode because this is my second time doing spoken word but the first time <laughs> I can't remember what the competition was I just know it was for a feminist movement in Trinidad. I was really nervous, wasn't gonna enter. Like 11 p.m., the day of the deadline, I was like, screw it. Let me write my piece, let me record my piece. And I came in third place. So I guess that was good. But if you ask me, <laughs> I mean, the content was good. 
the delivery. <laughs> Alright, so let me tell you a bit about today's episode. So since I learned about Christopher Columbus, which was a really long time ago, I never liked the guy. I always put out the question, is the Amerindians were here before and they most definitely entered the Caribbean from the Orinoco River from Venezuela. How could Christopher Columbus have discovered the new world? And my classmates and stuff used to, you know, just tell me that, you know, I'm overthinking it too much. Columbus discovered it, you know, uh, that's my teachers. They tell me the same thing. But what I'm really grateful for is my family, you know, my parents from a really young age when I asked them questions and oh boy oh boy did I ask a lot of questions you know they didn't lie to me or sugarcoat it they would tell me the raw truth so they told me the raw truth about Christopher Columbus from a very young age I was aware of the mass genocide that he inflicted upon the natives of the Caribbean and that's really important to me because I think my mom told me my great-grandmother earned on her side on her mom's side sorry was a carib from Tobago and my dad on his mom's side of the family we are descendants of the Garifuna which is something I'm super proud of because the Garifuna were these really vicious really strong really powerful tribe of caribs lived in like St. Vincent and when uh, um, Columbus came they actually fled to I believe it was like Belize and Guyana and these other places and when the Africans came as slaves and they moved into the mountains as maroons they coexisted with this tribe and um, that's where we have black caribs I'm a descendant of carib on both sides of my um, parenthood. Don't know if that's the right word. So, you know, and I'm, I'm actually really grateful because, fun fact, in Trinidad, actually, when Columbus came and, you know, him and those after him tried to set up the encomienda system and take over the lands and all of that, they were unsuccessful because of the Nukarapo Indians and other people the name of the guy just slipped my mind oh my gosh why can't Hayarima right Hayarima the guy that Arima is actually named after and there's a statue of him and everything people like him defended our country against the Spanish invaders and I actually had the scary yet good opportunity to witness a ritual in 2016 where at a crossroad you chant some indigenous chant in the um the carib language and you pour alcohol onto the ground and then you take a sip of some and you gargle it in your mouth and you spit it out and you continue chanting it in a circle and that is supposed to allow you to communicate with the spirit um the rain fell so <laughs> We all fled back inside of the maxi, but, you know, that was, at the time, I was really like, oh my gosh, this is witchcraft, this is Obia, what? 
but now that I'm older and I'm more inclined with my culture, I am really grateful to have had that opportunity to see a ritual being performed in front of my eyes. But anyways, yeah, the Caribs of Trinidad actually fended off the Spanish invaders, and that is why we were one of the last islands to become colonized, I think. They only really got there in the 18th century, so I'm proud to be a Trini, even though, crap, right, that's another thing I should say. If you, you know, you could ask your parents, you could ask your friends, a lot of the citizens of Trinidad actually aren't, their ancestry doesn't trace back from Trinidad because of how late we were colonized, because I just remembered my dad's side, I think, everyone came from St. Vincent and on my mom's side um, people came directly from both Africa and Barbados and they actually went to Tobago and then eventually they made their way over here as well there are a lot of other things that I will be telling you later on in the podcast about you know my ancestry like what I know but you know that's not the main focus of today's episode today we gonna talk about Cristoforo Colombo. I think that's his um Italian Genovian name or whatever. So you know what? First, let's get some information on Christopher Columbus. Let me get my Google out because I don't like this man. So I, I mean, I know the year that he died off the top of my head, 1506, I think. Sh- shoot, was it 1509? Okay, I don't. Because, you know, this guy was just a serious word that I cannot say, even though I want to say it. So, oh my gosh, I was right. He did die in 1506. So let's go to the good old google for some basic info on Christopher Columbus. So he was born in 1451 in Genova, Italy. And he died on May the 20th, 1506 in Valladolid. Valladolid. Okay, let's go with that pronunciation. Could be wrong in Spain. And oh my gosh, he wasn't buried until 1898. I wonder why that is. And his spouse was Filippa Moniz Perestrello. And he had two children, Diego Columbus and Ferdinand Columbus. So, some context. Now, now I'm saying all of this from the top of my head. You know, I'm a history student. <laughs> no, let's use the truth. I am an historian, history student who would like to be very versatile in the knowledge of the past. And I long to be a scholar, but I ain't even close. <laughs> Alright, so the Portuguese. Now, Portugal and Spain are connected and basically, you know, the Moors had a monopoly on Spain during, you know, I think it was like basically the formation of Spain up until the 15th century, that's for sure, because there was a strip of land, for God's sake, I can't remember the name of it right now. It began with a C. Shoot, my history teacher would be very disappointed in me, especially since I have a cape and less that I'm 
yeah and this border was close to the ocean and was a very strategic and instrumental area in terms of trade as well as just a whole monopoly for power and in africa you know with the transatlantic uh, no with the trans saharan trade you know the muslims who were the moors and they had a monopoly over the trade and if you wanted to get goods from the middle east or any other part of africa you had to go through their territory and they would tax you and well the entirety of europe were like nah. but the portuguese were really the first to start to explore africa so that they could get a monopoly on the trade and bask in the glory of african riches as well as along the way they were like yo let's find Prester john which is the place where jesus is allegedly buried um all of this was thanks to henry the navigator who set up navigation schools in portugal and he funded various naval expeditions to explore the coast of africa and they went to like the canary islands the azores cape verde islands they explored a good portion of west and south africa within the 14th century and well in these schools i think christopher columbus actually attended one of the schools and this is actually um something that i found really good in the initial stages of portuguese and african contact there was actually a mutual or even better a symbiotic relationship african scholars came to portugal to teach at the schools because let me tell you about my homeland africa those people were smarter than europeans at the time you know and they had advanced knowledge of the sea of the wind basically everything you needed to know about sailing and astrology so henry the navigator invited them there to talk at the schools and be the lecturers and the teachers etc so you know columbus i think he was like a glove maker before this so he was born the son of a glove maker anyways columbus eventually decided that he was going to join the portuguese exploration of africa and he sailed across the african coast you know seeing like everything if you guys like i can do an episode on early portuguese contact with west africa that's actually one of my favorite topics in history because it was really good to see the diplomacy between portugal and africa before they got the big idea of the transatlantic slave trade (laughs) elmina but let's not get into that anyways um right so after this now columbus approached the portuguese king and he was like yo you know we want to you know get to the east get like you know spices from the east and like things from the east but we don't really want to go through the moors you know like that land route and all the taxes and then oh my gosh it takes so long but you know the king oh big thing right 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 so because of people like plato and other ancient scholars who believed that the earth was round and africans also believed the earth was round in columbus's education he got thought taught taught that the earth was round and you know this is why he postulated this belief to the portuguese king but you know i think it was king john 
at the time he was like no son i'm sorry so that's when he went to spain and king ferdinand and queen isabella were more than happy to take the risk and embark on this endeavor so you know christopher columbus silver asian blue wow i can't believe i botched that christopher columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 and you know he got off on the santa maria the pinta and the nina you know when he first arrived in the caribbean he discovered san salvador first with his early day oh shoot what am i with his modern day Bahamas, you know, when he got to Hispaniola, he set up a settlement, things were going good, he made two more voyages, discovered, like, yeah, the entire Caribbean and that of the Americas, you know, set up settlements in some places, did it in other places, and as we have seen, the settlement in Hispaniola, I think they named it after, oh my gosh, okay guys, like, <laughs> my brain is kind of dead right now, um, but yeah, you know, the settlement in Hispaniola didn't really work out that well, <sighs> it didn't, um, the natives were intrigued by Columbus, they thought that he was God, and since you know, Columbus came in search of God, gold, and glory. God being to convert these pagan Indians to Christianity. Gold being to be rich in glory to return home to, well, not really home, to return to Spain with, uh, like, a lot of money and a lot of tributes for the king and queen and got, like, a hell of a lot of famous. Like, alright, that's, like, that's 15th century influencers right there oh wow but um well columbus actually didn't know that he discovered a new world at the time he thought that he was just in like india that's why we have the name the west indies actually and anyways you know i think he got shipwrecked in hispaniola that's why they ended up having the settlement he made an alliance with the chief at the time and um you know <laughs> Men, 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 how they are! And, you know, they started raping the women. <laughs> and, well, misogynation, that's how we had mestizos being born. And, um, you know, like their pigs wreaked havoc on the ecosystem. Let me just tell you that because it had a complete disruption in the equilibrium of the food chain, and then pigs were just really nasty, also. That wasn't really good either, and, well, basically, first, they had the departmental laws, where, basically, the Spanish had to convert the natives to Christianity, and the natives had to pay, yeah, they had to pay the Spaniards to stay on their native land, which does not make any sense, because let me tell you something. In the Greater Antilles, we had the Taino living, and the Taino, though not very versatile in literacy, were very versatile in their culture. They had very structured systems of government, with the head being the, gosh, 
what is wrong with my brain today with the head being the Natalia <laughs> I really I, I'm about to say Natalia but that definitely was not the head the Natalia the heads of the family let me take a walk of shame and open up my history book and tell you guys who were the heads the cacique great the cacique would you believe that last week I thought that I memorized module one apparently I didn't the cacique right you know they had their heads um they had they had religion with their demigods who represented different aspects of their life um they had religious rituals religious festivals they had a creation story with damien the turtle woman i believe they loved their turtles they really did you know they had crop systems they were very eco-friendly environmentally conscious you know they were their own people with their own complex culture and civilization even if it was different that of europe at the time i don't like when people use the word primitive they were not primitive they were just different just because you know one way of life doesn't mean it is the superior way of life or the right way of life it is just your way of life so i'm not going to be using primitive peoples i will refer to them either as natives or by their name but they were very peaceful they didn't like war in fact they didn't even have weapons the only tools they had would have been for hunting which was something that they didn't even do frequently because they basically survived on the crops that they grew and they had um subsistence crops in their backyards and they had like little dogs that they would eat well plus dogs they would easily catch fish with their fishing traps and turtles you know so they didn't really have a need to hunt and since they were peaceful they didn't have weapons so they were really easy for columbus and his dudes to kill with you know guns swords their war dogs and horses and of course you know with the raping of the woman and having you know a new they they created an entire new yeah they created an entire new race you know the mestizos and then on top of that, they forced them to give up their religion, their most important part of their existence, to adopt something that was foreign to them, something that they did not and probably would never have been able to understand because they were so different. We could even start with the fact that they were polytheistic, Christianity was monotheistic, and that just wasn't right or and it wasn't fair you know and then you know they started the encomienda system which is where they had to provide labor for the spaniards you know help them search for gold so that columbus could take it back to spain and if they didn't do what the encomendero who basically was the person who lived on their land collected taxes from them you know had them working their butts off to please him you know they didn't pay your taxes gonna be dead 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 and then you know the mining that they had to do is really dangerous because tools weren't advanced then and they actually used to tie them to vines and plunge them into the ocean and make them dive for pearls 
that was also very dangerous. And then, you know, getting blown up in the mines was dangerous. If you couldn't pay your taxes on time, you're going to get killed, you know? Your wife was getting whipped every night, you know? And then, on top of all of that, because the Spaniards disrupted their way of life, their crop system started failing, and they started becoming really malnourished, and all these factors is what contributed to their death. Basically, the entire Taino civilization was actually wiped out within the space of one generation. You know, other groups like the Caribs and <sighs> the other <laughs> indigenous groups, their names are ridiculously complicated and I cannot pronounce them. But, you know, well, the Caribs definitely survived. And other groups of Arawaks, because Caribs and Arawaks are the name of the groups. They're the name of, of the languages that they spoke. The Kalinagos are a Carib group, and the Tainos are an Arawakan group. Alright, at some point, people actually get confused. And there were several other groups besides Kalinagos and the Tainos. I think I read about the Tawipa, you know, and there were others who lived in Hispaniola alone. So yeah, that's basically what Christopher Columbus did. He came to the Caribbean, he put in place the Repartimentio, gosh, I hope I pronounced it right, system, where he, you know, forced the indigenous people to convert to Christianity. If not, they would die. And then afterwards, he took it a step further with the encomienda system where the natives had to work for the Spaniards and get gold. And, well, when Columbus realized, oof, the Caribbean ain't that rich in terms of gold, but they're rich in terms of soil, that's where the plantation slavery began. But the few um, Amerindians that there were left you know, basically died out really, really quickly, but by this time, you know, Columbus got arrested, I think for committing treason, because he wanted to become like the governor general of the New World without Spain being involved, some hillbilly drama like that, and he died in prison in 1506. And um, throughout this entire process of the Incumianda system, with the native peoples, we had a lot of missionaries coming down. We had, as I learned today, weirdly enough, we had the Dominican friars, the, um, um, let me get the names of the other groups. Um, I think it was, I was getting a Google history. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna ask a dumb question. How to see a Google history? Okay, I can't get the names of the others right now. But definitely the Dominican friars who, they were actually the first people to speak up against the violence that the Spanish were inflicted on the Caribbean native people with pioneers such as the, oh, I got it the Jesuit missionaries and the Franciscan missionaries. But anyways, the Dominican friars were the first people to speak up against the violence being um, imposed upon the native peoples 
spy with Spaniards and they had um, people who started the movement were Antonio de Montesinos, Pedro de Caro Cordoba, and the infamous Bartholomew de las Casas, who prolifically recorded this moment where the Spanish were hanging um, native people who refused to convert to Christianity. And, um, you know, they asked them, you know, why wouldn't you convert to Christianity? And the Amerindians said something very powerful. I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of this. If your God is real, and what you say about your God is true, I will not accept your religion because I rather be in hell than be in heaven with the people that have done this to my people. Now, that is so powerful and so inspiring and so brave. I really, really love that. You know, this man or woman rather die and was in hell then accept Christianity simply because of the evilness and brutality of the Spaniards. I guess all the time, it's half an hour, yo. <sighs> I don't want to bore people or anything. And I feel like 45 minutes is like a good length of time for the podcast. So, you guys could ask me more questions about Christopher Columbus. I would be very happy to go get the answers to you you know i will hmm, i guess on the cover page thingy i'll link my insta um my youtube and like whatever other social media i decide to set up um now time for the spoken word piece which is a book it's entitled the truth about christopher columbus and it's basically me talking about all the people who came to the Caribbean before Christopher Columbus did and why it is so like I don't even understand how you could still here in 2020 be telling me that Christopher Columbus discovered the new world that should have been erased from every single form of written and recorded documentation by now because it is not the truth there is absolutely no reason to be still celebrating Columbus Day, to still have statues of him around the world. He was nothing but a liar, a con artist, and a thief, and a murderer. <sighs> Alright. <laughs> okay. Let us get into my spoken word. I'm a trauma best not to stumble, and for all I like, I um, practiced this like a million times. So let's see if my beats gonna be popping. <laughs> okay, so it's called The Truth About Christopher Columbus by Adela Scotland. Time for the truth about Christopher Columbus, the guy who Europeans claimed discovered us. But now it's time for the truth. The guy was nothing but a skunk ass brute. But before we get into that, let me tell you what we know as a fact. 
Between 30 to 15,000 years ago, the world froze over and the Bering Strait connected the globe. People migrated from Siberia to Alaska and formed civilizations that lasted here. Hence, this is instance number one. Columbus definitely wasn't the first one to make the journey across the globe. He was just a guy who murdered a lot of natives, yo. Next up is Lancetinus Cephas. For this, we have to take a trip to Egypt. Whilst the Nubian civilization was powerful and strong, they knew about the Caribbean all along. Way back then, in 900 to 800 BCE, these smart, dexterous Africans had boats that could sail the sea. What they didn't know was that there was a current that could take you from Africa and plant you in America. Proof? Yeah, I got it. Well, more like the Olmecs got it. They worship gods. Black gods. Practice Nubian sacredity. Two dogs. Had magnificent stone heads with broad lips and noses and very detailed styling of the African corned roll. It's impossible not to see the blackness in those heads, you know? Also, they had similar folklore. Like the Nubians, the color purple they did adore. And they had an obsession with the human phallus. And they used serpent human hybrid drawings like the Nubians so they could tell us. That's solid evidence that the Nubians made it here and made some friends. The Olmecs in Mexico were a completely different group. So their, so their adaptation of African culture comes from a simple truth. They had contact. Our brothers came through. Now let's look at Abu Bakari II of Mali, the richest empire in all of history. While the Europeans were dying of the plague, their land was thriving. To behold, Timbuktu worldly scholars were dying. He went on a trip, only he didn't return from that trip. He got shipwrecked. At least that's what historians think. But what we do know, with luck on its brink, one of the 2000 ships got into the New World sink. Spanish conquistadors Balboa's records of the New World in the 1500s have records of people, black, black, black. Only in Africa you get booty like that. The natives told him of people who came. People who came and didn't kill in Christianity's name. They settled in. They absorbed into society. That's written proof there. Columbus can't fool me. Now, for what Columbus did do. After setting sail in 1492, he committed mass genocide of the natives of the Caribbean. He successfully wiped out an entire civilization. The Botaino were so peaceful and defenseless, so now there aren't any descendants left. After one group, he went to the next. And Kunyana in your tail, or he'll have your necks. He and his friends raped, they stole, they fractured an entire world, enslaved, depraved, dehumanized an entire race. Don't believe me? Just read from Bartholomew de las Casas. Now, I can go on and on, but do your part and end the storm. Learn the truth, not what white supremacy feeds, and create an honest world for you and me. Alright, considering the fact that I have a very strong, potent, and terrible lisp, I think I was an okay read, you know, as I do this more frequently and I get, you know, the hang of it and the vibe. I'm gonna be spitting some verses. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> So anyways, that was my segment on Christopher Columbus. I really hope you enjoy it. If you were interested in reading more pieces from me, 
hope you didn't hear that boop excuse me <laughs> you can there's this app slash website called miraki as well as this app called right pro and my username is lilacs and roses it's one word lilacs l-i-l-a-c-s-a-n-d-r-o-s-e-s -E lilacs and roses and i just have like memes short stories and quotes and poems on these two apps and my instagram which is at infinite underscore adela you can see my photography work some other quotes and poems hopefully this podcast you know hopefully i'll figure out how to get this thing up on youtube as well and um yeah thanks so much for listening all the way through to the end i'm gonna get a guest on for next week most likely just one of my friends um and the topic for next week well first i'm gonna see you know what other crisis is gonna happen in the world if no other detrimental crisis like the surge of actually i don't want to say surge no that is not the right word more like just the latest events of police brutality in america you know, which are rightfully so angering people, I'll see what the movement is trying to advocate against next because, you know, this, right now, a lot of people are furious about Juneteenth, which is what inspired the Christopher Columbus piece. Um, but actually, you know, I think I might do Alexander Hamilton because I really love Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned, we'll see what happens next week, you know, you're gonna get a nice little, um, <laughs> history lesson, and then it's gonna be followed up by a nice little spoken word piece, or, who knows, maybe a Maduski, or like, a song, yeah, but um, anyways, thank you so much, have a great day, have a great night, have a great morning, whatever, and be sure to color your life.